This is the Beards of Blue Ridge, episode 58, take two. Yes. So, uh, quick story. Um, we have Avery Nix from Willing Way here. Yeah. And We've he's had got him on for a while. Hey, guys. He's, got, he's <laughs> got an amazing story. I just heard about 20 minutes of it. Yeah, and then I realized uh, I didn't have the USB port plugged in to my computer. So, Round literally, two. all of this extremely powerful recovery material that has just been shared with everyone. <laughs> I'm has not just sure. Been completely wiped out into the universe. Oh, no, I'm no, not sure that. you can pull the tears out again for the next <laughs> right. 20 minutes. But. Right. Yeah, my tears actually. I'm going to blame yeah. this because they're not here. Marcos, one, probably would have caught it. Two, t- uh, he wouldn't, but I'm trying to come up with an excuse. Yeah. And two, no. Todd usually runs our computer, and Todd is not here. Uh, and see, folks, this is what you don't want to do is you don't want to pass the buck off to somebody else. You want to take ownership and responsibility nope. of your own faults and nope. mistakes. I'm so. shifting blame. <laughs> yeah, well, Listen, this yeah, coming from the same guy who plan. wants all the people who just started at the gym to right. cancel their memberships so the right. gym thins out. Yes, They're still messing with me because I, I was joking with them and, uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, it's that beginning of the year where you go to – I got this new One Life in Dawsonville that I go to. I love it. Yeah. And they're like, how is that? I was like, it's good, it's, but it's packed with all those people that just got new memberships. I just need them to thin out and give up on their goals a little bit. So I had more room. They were just like, it's terrible of you. I'm terrible of you, man. Yeah. yeah. You get all those newcomers coming into the meetings. Uh, just taking up my seat. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, the funny thing is it's not hurting them. It's just hurting me because I don't actually say it. I just keep those judgments on the inside and they just eat me up. Like, yeah, from yeah, the inside yeah. out. But Well, and, I'll tell you what, Grant. So I'll... There's something in the air that's happening a little bit weird. There's a little mistake there by Graham. I had a day yesterday. I was trying to, to help Chris with the printer go downstairs, and I completely whiffed on the last step. And I mean, I ate it pretty bad. And then I went, oh, yeah, it was brutal. Oh, you and were it, serious. Yeah, no, oh. I was serious. And I, I, but I didn't do the Kent, okay? I didn't fly through the wall. Like, Kent literally put a hole through oh, the wall. Oh, my God. Time. So I didn't do that. But then I went over to the house, and I went over uh, into Jeff and Julia's office. That's our clinical director and assistant clinical director. And I had to, to ask them a private question that I didn't want anybody. So I had to close the door behind me and, and the door was unlocked and I was trying to get out of the door. Mind you, I've been in and out of this office at least a thousand times in my two years here. And while trying to get out of the door, I couldn't figure out how to get out of the door. I was pushing on a pull door and they sat there and watched me do it for at least a solid 15 seconds before anybody said, Brian, Brian, just, just pull, 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 pull on the door, <laughs> pull. So, I, I feel better. I feel better. Here, yeah, that's pretty good. But, yeah. <laughs> I feel better. But anyways, we we have Avery Nix here from Willing Way. Avery's got an amazing story. Um, he's got some ties to Blue Ridge that he can kind of tell you about here. Um, we're excited to have you on because we've, we've talked about having you out. Um, so sorry for the prank earlier. Um, <laughs> right. It's good, good warm up. I feel yeah. like I know his whole story. Make sure I'm telling my story and not right. anybody else's. Avery's in the BD world with me, so we get to connect a lot and talk, but... We're excited to have you on, man. Yeah, man. Dude, thanks for having me. Um, truly, truly, it's uh it's cool, man. I'm, there's a lot of um, a lot of full circle stuff happening for me. You know, not only in in recovery, but in my profession, and um, and just this this morning with the podcast, we're coming right back to the story. Of that's right. Full circle. Yeah, that's right. Full circle. That's right. Absolutely. A little miniature story. Yeah, like miniature I've, story. I feel like I've lived this moment. <laughs> right. I'm a little deja vu. Um. But yeah, I guess I'll just kind of go and tell you how yeah, I kind of started us, and give you a background. Tell us um, about yourself, about your recovery, your ties with Blue Ridge. Um, and then if you got any pivotal moments where you feel like God really showed up yeah. for you. 
those yeah. undeniable moments. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. A bunch of those, a bunch yeah. of those. Um, you know, grew up around here, born in Gainesville, <clears throat> Northeast Georgia Medical Center. Um, and then, you know, kind of spent my childhood in a small, small town, Claremont, kind of in between Claremont. Gainesville and Cleveland, Georgia. Gotcha. So it's North like Georgia. 15, 20 minutes to get anywhere. Northeast Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, 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 Northeast. Kind yeah. of. Middle of nowhere. 985. So, yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, had a, had a pretty good childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, had everything that I needed and wanted. You know, we just had, you know, dysfunction like a lot of other families mm-hmm. do. And, uh, you know, kind of moved in through that kind of feeling like I needed to, um, you know, kind of survive a little bit. Like I took on that like hero role, right? Like I was going to take care of my brother and I was going to take care of, you know, anybody and kind of started caretaking a lot. And of course, you know, became an athlete and started playing football and, you know, really kind of moving into, into high school and emerging adulthood. And, you know, about that time, you know, growing up in Gainesville, I mean, it's a, I'm sure it's like this around here too, but it's a work hard, play hard kind of mentality. Excuse me. And so a lot of my, a lot of my story really kind of aligns with, all right, well, I'm going to put it in, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, you know, after the lights are off Friday night, we're going to, we're going to party hard. And then Saturday night, we're going to do the exact same thing. Um, And eventually what started happening was at six, you know, I mean, honestly, it started 14, 15, 16. By the time I was 16, it started moving into a, you know, my Friday, Saturday nights were becoming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday moved into a couple days during the week, you know, getting through the liquor cabinet at home and playing Guitar Hero and staying drunk till, you know, 10 o'clock at night and then waking up, going to school and doing it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my like adolescent, young adulthood. And so by the time I was 18, right, you know, I couldn't stop shooting dope. Like my progression just like escalated very quickly. And I know you were talking, Graham, earlier, you know, I was I was like that too, right? I had to hang around people that were worse off than me, yeah, right? Made like, me feel better. Made me feel better yeah, about yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you start shooting dope, you know, there's a lot more that you have to really kind of get around to start justifying why you're doing that. Isn't much, you can't go much deeper. Right? Well, you know, yeah. pregnant women and things. I mean, it yeah. was getting serious, you yeah. know, I mean, it was getting pretty chaotic. And uh, I ended up at Lorewood, right, 2010. And a little shout out here, Donna Ritter, group mm-hmm. counselor then. She's the program director now at Lorewood, but she was the first person to, uh, 12 step me. Yeah. And so we're sitting in group, you know, group counseling. It was all kind of much a blur, but I can remember, you know, her kind of helping me with that seed. Right. And that like shift from there's more people out here like you, you know, you're not the only one let's continue to move forward here. And so I went to my first narcotics anonymous meeting and that really, I, I was really, really fortunate, man. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of people, especially today, man, talk about their, first experience with AA or NA or any kind of 12 step fellowship. Yeah. And I don't know about y'all, but I hear a lot of negative stuff mm-hmm. or like, you know, it's for old folks or it's for, um, you know, all they did was talk about the lawnmower broken on Saturday. You know, you yeah. hear all that stuff and it's like, man, dude, that just wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I got in with a group of old timers in narcotics and honestly, and this is Northeast Georgia y'all. So this is like for real. You know, these folks average, eight, you know, the average clean time of that round is like 20, 25 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And for NA, that, that's huge, even for today. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and this was back in 2010. And so I really got in with a good group and they took me in and, um, you know, I just fell in love with the fellowship. Yeah. And that kind of goes back <clears throat> to what we were talking about before. The last recording. Um, but, you know, they were they were very much, you know, planting the seed for me. Yeah. And when I started using again after 65 days or so, it was damn like I can't unlearn what I learned in those 65 mm -hmm. days. And now I can't even get high right. Yeah. But you you bring up a good point. I want to jump into is people, families, people in recovery will have some time or the loved one will have some time. Right. And then all of a sudden they relapse, they go back out. Right. And it's common to start thinking, well, that was all for nothing which is not, which is not true. Never the case. Never the not case not whatsoever. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And I just had a conversation this past weekend with someone who's wants to get into treatment um, here at Blue Ridge. And they were saying, well, I've been sober for four or five years and I relapsed and I don't even understand why I would need to get sober again. Cause like, I just, all that four years is gone. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean it's gone? Like, well, it's gone. And I was like, well, no, it's, it, it definitely happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we learned a lot of stuff. There's just things we're going to take from it and we're going to, we're going to work on that and heal some things and, and move forward. Right. And, and it's like, you're saying there's a lot of stuff you learned from those couple, from those two months that then probably helped keep you sober and, and successful today. So, oh yeah. You know? oh, so yeah. it's not, all, it's never, it's never just done and for nothing. It's all, we all learn from those experiences. You yeah, know what I mean, absolutely. So. Yeah, because I spent from that point, it took me three and a half years to draw a sober breath, and this was right before I got into Blue Ridge. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know, it was um, it was pretty stark. You know, those three and a half years. I mean, I had a lot of mm -hmm. things, a lot of major things happen. Um, you know, I I got my daughter's mother pregnant. That was huge. I mean, whew, that was that was a lot. And you know, here I am at twenty years old you know, I can't even take care of myself, much less somebody else. And so, you know, that was a, that was a game changer. And then my resentments and everything that was kind of building up and all this stuff, you know, really started getting to me. And what was happening for me was, was that this kid, right? My daughter was going to get in the way of me getting high. And that is like that. Talk about selfishness, self-centeredness, mm -hmm. right? To the core of our existence. Like that, that was me. Yeah. And the thought of having to do that and be selfless, just I couldn't really handle it. So in 2012, I suffered a, a major overdose. Mm -hmm. And it was um, it was to the point <clears throat> where they didn't think that I was going to come out of it. It was pretty it was pretty stark. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I woke up three days later in ICU, um, you know, and was able to move forward, you know, um, with life. But it, I, I would love to say that that was a moment, right? Like this was one of the the moments looking back, definitely a God shot. Like there's more for you, right? Like there's a greater purpose here, you yeah. know? Um, but at the time, the only thing I could see was right in front of me. And that was, I needed to get high. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of things happened from that point to the time I made it to Blue Ridge, my daughter being born, which was incredible. I was maintaining well enough that I was actually available for that. That's okay. good. Um, and then, you know, that next year was, you know, methadone clinics, methamphetamines, and, you know, my benzodiazepine habit was getting higher and higher. Um, so needless to say, when my family sat me down, right, doing the intervention, the streets of rehab deal with me, um, and getting here that same day, 
you know, I was 135 pounds, seeing shit that wasn't supposed to be there, hearing things, super paranoid. I mean, everybody in the room, you know, I thought were looking at me and, you know, maybe they were, I don't know, but yeah. I still look back at some of that stuff and think, oh, right. you know, um, I mean, we, you know how there's like that one shady guy in treatment. There's yeah. always that like gangbanger or something yeah. in treatment that thinks yeah. he's so tough. Yeah. Well, right. That, that guy thought I was sketchy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Right? It was like, dude. <laughs> And when you have, yeah, when you finally like, have that realization, you're like, "Wow!" Like he yeah. thinks I'm. They're looking at me. Right, right. 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 When you're the most messed up guy in the room, it's like, ah, oh, dang it. Hey, you're yeah. talking. You're talking in a group. You're like, you know, you got that guy. Like, you just don't know if you want a room with them. You don't know if you want to sit your stuff down. Everyone's like, "Yeah, that's you." And you're like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> right. What? Yeah. And then when it sinks in, it's powerful because you're like, "Dang, dude, I've gotten, I've gotten really bad." Yeah, it kind of got me out there. Yeah. Um, you said something in there that that stuck out to me and i can relate to a lot a lot of your story there um we talked about in, in round one we'll say uh, you know the difference between showing up to meetings every day and hoping that's going to keep me sober versus actually getting down into the internal things and um and, and actually recovering so the difference between sobriety and recovery and the ability the ability to, to recover and stay recovered and, and sober for a long period of time is you said something in there, you said the resentments were building up, mm -hmm. you know, because I had a, a similar experience. And again, we talked about it the first time where I, you know, I went, ended up in the hospital, I ended up going to Ridgeview and it was on the back of, you know, withdrawal seizures and DTs and the whole bit. And, and I was like, I'm never going to drink or drug ever again. Yeah. You know, and I did that. I'm, I showed up to meetings and um, I was chairing meetings and stuff like that. But the one thing I didn't do was get a sponsor and work the steps, you know, and so I was back out there again six months later because of the same reason the resentments were building up and i went back on a resentment so tiny i couldn't even remember to put it on my inventory this time around i don't even remember what it was right because it wasn't even about that one resentment it was about everything that i had not actually dug into and shifted and changed and altered those perceptions and had that psychic change or, or you know personality shift or spiritual awakening whatever anybody wants to to call it and there's a massive difference in there in that recovery versus let's just go to meetings and stay sober and so that was the thing that stuck with me when my higher power brought me back in uh, to the rooms and brought me into to Blue Ridge, like Graham was talking. None of any of that ever got lost. None of any of everything that I did there was an experience to be learned from and everything that I heard stuck in my brain so that when it was time for God to bring me back in, it was like, OK, they presented the solution. I just have to take the action to follow it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean. There was a lot of times, especially early on when I was talking about 2010 for me and, and getting into that good group with Narcotics Anonymous. I mean, you know, at that time I was using the fellowship to to help keep me clean. And that was great. I mean, it, it did what it was supposed to do for that short amount of time. But there wasn't there wasn't that follow through. You know, I didn't have. Yeah, I had a sponsor to just to say I had a sponsor, so everybody get off my back about it. Yeah, you know, check. I, right. Okay. I, I met with him, you know, a couple times in three weeks, like check, check, yeah. right? You know, and we didn't do anything. Sign his yeah. meeting sheet. For right. Right. Because yeah. I kept shifting focus of anything around having to work the steps. Mm -hmm. um, but like this time around, right? Like I got out of Blue Ridge and it just like, I mean, it hit me. Like I had to figure this stuff out and get get with a sponsor and start working the steps and start like kind of alleviating all these resentments and all this stuff. And y'all, you know, I didn't even know what a resentment was, you know? Right. I mean, you know, when I think back, it was like having to shift to, you know, writing the list mm -hmm. and I'm writing the list and they're like, just tell me, you know, 
write down anything that just like really got to you, you know? And I'm like, I mean, I'm just like, you know, I'm so full of fear. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not even mad at anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm scared to yeah. death here. You know, yeah. what do I do? And, uh, you know, he had to break it down for me. And that's the beautiful thing for me around 12 step fellowships is that it's a connector to, right? I got my understanding. And yeah. it's like, oh, um, I love the, there's a, there's a passage, I think it's in daily reflections, but it talks about, um, spiritual kindergarten and that's yeah. what, I, and it's like, yeah, you know, it, I mean, they literally have to break it down for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can like take it in so I can apply the shit yeah. to my daily life. I mean, it is like, it has to be that simple for me because yeah. if it's not, I'll complicate it. Absolutely. Period. That's why I said this is a simple program. You know, but we complicate it. We make it extremely difficult. But that was one of the first things my uh, current sponsor told me. He's like, Brian, your, your dependence is not on me. It's on your higher power. My my only role is to guide you through this so that you can get hooked up to that power. That's going to solve your problem. And thank God for good sponsorship and people like that who yeah. got me hooked up to that power. Yeah. You know? But I like, you know, the part in the book where it talks about, you know, we are undisciplined. So we allow God to discipline us in the, in the way that's outlined. And that, to me, it speaks volumes about exactly what I am and what this thing really is, is I'm extraordinarily undisciplined in my thoughts, first and foremost, mm-hmm. my behaviors, my actions and things like that. And so that is where I need the discipline. And so I need the people around me to help me through the process of inventory and amends making and things like that and being of service um, that help me to be disciplined and help me to show up in the way that I want to show up. And the things that keep me in, you know, like it says, that position of neutrality where, where God's keeping me keeping me clean and sober today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, safe and productive. Yeah, because right? I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I like what uh you were talking about earlier, and you said this in round one too. You were talking about time, right? Mm. And I think time um time is important, mm-hmm. right? It's not everything. And the way someone described it to me, and I love this, is, you know, um, we, we always hear growing up like, hey, just give it time, right? Time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Right. Time does time does not heal all wounds, but wounds do take time to heal. Mm. That's the way someone said it to me. And what I heard what you were saying is you can go to meetings and go through the motions and rack up a bunch of time, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing's actually happening. Time plus working the steps, getting a sponsor, um, working on your emotion. When I say wounds, I'm meaning emotional wounds, or I'm even meaning resentments, insecurities, um, all that types of stuff. So when you, once you deal with those things, then you need time for them to settle in, take root, heal, all that kind of stuff. But time by itself, for anyone listening and recovery, like that's not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like right. you can, anyone can go do time in treatment, right? Or anyone mm-hmm. can can white knuckle and not work a program and say, well, I've been sober for 60, 90 days. Like, that's great. That's not what it's about, right? Like there's something much deeper. There's something much more lasting. There's something much more joyful that comes with this life. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, you can't just do it with time. Right. And, and the things that you need to do, they're very simple. They're just not easy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Very simple to do. I tell people all the time, like I could list 10 things for you to do. And if you did all 10 of them, you would stay sober mm-hmm. and you would be successful uh, in recovery. The problem is every single one, one through 10 is extremely difficult, not easy, scary. Right. Um, but they're simple. It's very simple things like one liners. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. Work the steps, get a sponsor, build, you know, all these things, build a community and all these things. You're like, man, those are really 
those, those are really simple things. And it's like, yeah, but good luck. Like they're, they're tough. Yeah. Um, so time alone is not going to do it. Right. Right. Um, that's what popped in my head when you were both talking. And of course, in the 20 minutes prior to the recording. Too, <laughs> that, that as well as yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not about time for me and it's not even about sobriety anymore for me. It's about recovery. It's about living that way. It's about having that inner peace and the serenity and, and the joy that this, that this way of life brings. Uh, to me, and, and sobriety is just an incredible and amazing uh, byproduct of living that way of life and, and having that happen. Yeah. You know, but I want recovery, not just you know that sobriety. Yeah, absolutely. And the life that comes with it too. So, like with you, obviously, I love hearing these stories. I know a lot of you where you're at currently, mm -hmm. right? Which I would say is successful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In a lot of different ways. Uh, you know being a dad, right. Um, being a son. Cause I know we've talked about a lot about that work wise, business wise, all that kind of stuff. So why don't you share a little bit of like where, where you're at now? Um, and yeah, so you see, so you see the back end, you see the beginning of Avery and, and where he was at and the psychosis and the getting high off the fellowship and all that kind of stuff. And we even go into treatment relationships. That was round one for all you. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'll be, that'll be part two. We'll get Avery yeah, back yeah, out. Yeah. That'll be part two. Yeah. Do some we'll talk about uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, relationships from treatment. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Nothing like a rehab room. Yeah. 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 Tell us, but tell us kind of what it's been like, you know, on the back end of things and how you're doing and, and what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there, there was so much. I was just sitting here thinking while y'all were talking, you know, about... <laughs> all the wreckage that I created in early recovery. And, you know, you look, I mean, I know, like I can, you know, I look at myself now and think, you know, God, that seems like such a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then I think about just, you know, I'm one action away from being very capable of those same behaviors, mm -hmm. right? It's like, whew, it's a little scary to think about, right. you know, it keeps me on my toes. It feels because, like a dream though. Yeah, right? it does, dude. I shared, does. With, I shared with a group the other day and went through my entire story, but was in a setting to where, um, you know, you get in different settings. Like, you know, if I'm speaking in a church, like my story, although I'm, I'm saying everything is accurate, there's just certain details that I'm probably not going to share in a church because, you know, I know my audience, but I got to share my story like pretty uncut and raw. And it dawned on me, I was like, man, I can't like, did I actually do that? Yeah. Did I do that stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a dream, but I feel like God was telling me like, yeah, bro, you did all that. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're not necessarily that person anymore, mm -hmm. but you went through that. And don't forget it. Right. You know what I mean? I was right. like, all right, thank you. Yeah. That's good. But yeah. that's like they say, you know, in AA, it's like that same person will drink again, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. if we don't change, then there it is yeah yeah so like sure. the first step i was just talking to sponsor about that the other day the first step doesn't say i can't drink ever again the first step tells me i i will drink again yeah 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 it's the rest of the steps that keep me from, from mm -hmm. doing that mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. so as far as you know kind of what it's like now um you know i've had a lot of um I, dude, I honestly, I just got it going on dude i really do yeah. i got it i got it yeah. i got a lot going on and a ton to be grateful for that I am grateful for. Um, you know, I think um, for me, one of my biggest joys, dude, like truly is being a dad. Like yeah. that alone, like that fatherhood stuff, dude, that like watching my kids. And, and it's so funny because a lot of it is like, 
just like day-to-day grind. But then, I mean, and it's yeah. like, oh God, I got to do this again. I can't wait till eight o'clock. It's bad time. Yeah. At least my yeah. kids go to bed at eight yeah. o'clock. I, yeah. Mine too. I need the time. Well, it's not early. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I had an for example, you know, I had a, a moment with my daughter and we were, we were having a conversation about, um, I mean, it really, it came down to honesty, right? And she had gotten, you know, kind of a sports injury type deal. I mean, what happened was she was walking through the living room and dropped one of those big old metal canteens on the top of her foot, which of course (laughs) bruised it and it was really tough and stuff. But, you know, we had that conversation about work ethic, right? Because she's in gymnastics and she's doing the deal. And, you know, she had kind of like, you know, I know she was hurt, but there was some things, right? Like we can't, just because we experience some pain, we can't just stop everything and not continue to do some of the work right we kind of need to work through it as Mm -hmm. we need to and so it was just such a cool opportunity i felt like like an old coach like sitting there at the end of her bed like having this like really intense (laughs) conversation with her but like everything that i've learned in recovery like i was able to like provide that to her and have that conversation it was cool, man. And like for the first time, literally, I'm like, maybe she actually heard that. Like maybe right. that like seeped in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I know the feeling, especially with kids, where like you do redundant things over and over yes. again. And I'll tell my wife, I'm like, why do I keep correcting him or telling him like he's not listening? <laughs> and I hear people who have been parents longer than me. And it, again, it, it happens. I can equate this back to things in recovery where people are like, it's going to click. Keep going. Right. This is what needs to happen keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you have this conversation with your daughter and all of a sudden you leave and you're like, Oh, I think she just heard me. Right. And the simple steps in recovery, like all of a sudden it, it clicks. You're like, Oh, this is why I, this is why I talk about resentment. This is why I get us, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things like keep going. That's a beautiful story too. Cause that's something you wouldn't have that without recovery. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. You wouldn't be doing the things you're doing. You wouldn't be able to show up and be a dad without, without recovery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. There's such a balance with it all. I mean, I provide outreach for Willingly, right? Mm -hmm. Summit Behavioral Health Care Facility. Been doing that since September. Um, Love it. Killing it, by the way, too. It's one of her. Thanks, man. Killing it. I appreciate that. It's nice to hear from others. Well, there's (laughs) people. There's people. There's people in the industry that. um, Trying to say this a nice way. (laughs) Nothing about nothing. Nothing with you. There's people who are authentic. Right. 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 And you know that they're authentic and there's people that you know that are doing this to help. And then there's other people that, which is not necessarily a bad thing to do this because it's, it's just a job. You know I mean? Right. It's exactly. a job. And that does, you know, you can just do this as a job and, and still help people. Yeah. But, um, you can tell the people who are more authentic, who you enjoy being around that I can hand a family to you in whatever regards. And, and, and sleep great at night knowing, hey, Avery's going to take care of this. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely, and vice versa. So, yeah, you know. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so between between Will and Way, right, that it, I mean, yes, it is a job, but it is a passion. <clears throat> yeah, right? It's kind right. of like, all right, this, these are my next steps to get me, you know, where I want to go and, um, you know, professionally. And then, of course, I've been working on this little side hustle thing. It's called the Recovery Speaker. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how it, how it turns out. I've... I've um, Man, I've gotten to a place over the last few years, man, that I love speaking. Like mm-hmm. high schools, you know, I would love to do a college one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any any kind of just speaking engagement where I talk on different topics. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's more be revealed kind of thing. I'll okay, that sure. Out there soon. Once um, that's up and running too, we'll get you back out. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do that. Um, 
So that's kind of my story professionally and kind of where I'm at. And, mm-hmm. You know, I have two beautiful children and a loving fiance, soon to be married. Everybody keeps asking, okay. when are you going to okay. do it? I feel like I've said next year, like three years in a row. <coughs> it's um, coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. So next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, we have a, we have an incredible relationship and, you know, a lot of my stuff today between everything, it's just, it's just finding kind of a balance with it all. You know? yeah. It is, uh, it yeah. is literally just like, you know, my attention and I, and I see like now, and just kind of wrap this up here. It's like, you know, my, at least my story has been this constant like struggle of like, all right, I'm keeping my like priority of like recovery being number one. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the next two are really close yeah. and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's God recovery family. Yeah. Right. And then work and then yeah. like friends are like down here, right. you know, and it it's shifts. funny because yeah. I've yeah. had to shift a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's been awesome. man. That's been one of the biggest challenges <clears throat> for me in life. But I, the way I, I look at it is like, that is such a blessing. Like if that's the problem in my life today, then my God, thank you for where you brought me. Yeah, true. You, know, you think about true. the four things you said, if I have to worry about, which is the closest second, third, yeah. fourth? It's like that's great because I don't have to worry about where's alcohol, for yeah, that or where's right. my whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we loved having you out, man. You got a powerful story. Um, I apologize <clears throat> for the the mishap in the beginning. Um, <laughs> you will not be able to find that episode anywhere because I wasn't recording the correctly. Episode. What we will do though is I'll put a link for Willing Way in the um, description of this episode. I'll put your name and contact info if you're cool with that too, so anybody yeah. can get in touch with Avery to learn more about willing way. And also if they want you to come speak, that could be cool too. But man, we appreciate you having you, uh, having you out and, and jumping in and yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, dude. Enjoy Great, grateful you come out. So. Thanks for Absolutely. the experience. Strengthen up, brother. Yeah, man. Thank y'all. I like it. We're going to end it with that. Thanks for the experience. Strength and hope. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>